objective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Jared, we're on the revisit track again here, mate, because you came to me the other day with your head bowed and your, you know, and mumbled something about Halloween 5. Cap in hand. Cap in hand. Now, if people don't remember, five, it was back in 2015. Is that not correct, It was Jared? five years ago. Five yes, years ago. Five years ago. One of our early episodes uh, was a Halloween franchise smackdown where we we sat up and we, we compared what we believed at the time were the two worst films in the franchise, and that was part Halloween 6 and Halloween 5. Now, Jared was on Halloween 5's side and was saying it was not the worst, and I was on Halloween 6's side. Having re-listened, I think we already mentioned that Resurrection and uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 were both in fair contention for it as well. Yes. But I think we picked those two because we had a little bit of a disagreement on what what we well, felt was the worst one. If I remember correctly, I mentioned Halloween 6. I had watched it when I got the Blu-ray box and said I felt it was better than 5. And that kicked off a bit of, you know, you kind of went, what? <laughs> and puffed your chest down. Yeah, I think there was a know. few I think there was a few bullshits and, uh, you know, <laughs> pull what your head in. What the fuck are you on? Stuff was going on. But, so yep. the upshot of those episodes, which I re-listened to today, was that we couldn't split it. We, we, we Neither of us would concede after having a, a, a long discussion about it that, that one of you know one was worse than the other, so we we both stood fast on our on our films. So imagine my surprise, Jared. Five years later, you come to me and say, "Well, you might have got it wrong." Is that <laughs> is that a fair call? Yeah, look, something along those lines. You know, <laughs> so I may have because quite frankly, I, I feel ch- fucking vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may have. Uh, Changed my tune slightly. I mean, listening back, we had zero likes for part five. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I understood. Yeah, I, I got that too. We also had the issue of you felt that Halloween 5 had put Halloween 6 in a corner, where, whereas I said, no, you just ignore it if you don't want to use it. And I still I still believe that. Right. I still believe that, that Halloween 6's issue are not necessarily Halloween 5's fault. If they really didn't like it, they could have just not used it, which is what ended up happening in the very next movie. So there's still points that I, because I re-listened as well, there's still points that I, I, I brought up that I still think stand, but imagine my surprise when I fucking, you know, the last time we watched Halloween 5 and I thought, oh, shit, I think it might even be worse than I thought. And then imagine my surprise when I roll into Halloween 6 and watch the theatrical and producer's cut and think to myself, <laughs> I think they're both better than Halloween 5. <laughs> oh. So, I've had okay. to, uh, yeah, I've had to completely change my tune. Okay, so we're going to revisit the SmackDown for a few minutes here, Jared. You went to great lengths to tell me why Part 5 was better than Part 6, right? What was it I wouldn't about? Say, I wouldn't say great lengths. <laughs> Well, you were pretty fucking adamant. <laughs> I'd say digging, digging what, for uh, anything. What was it in part six that made you think, well, I think it's better now? Like, was this, 
is there specific sequences? Is there something about it that's that's you'd missed that time of the, for the first time in 2015? You're looking at it again and thinking, well, I'm, you know, I, f- I just feel it's kind of just a little better structured. What what was the what was the gist of watching? Because considering you both watched, you watched two of two versions of it. <laughs> so I guess the 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 start of it, not the start of it, but I guess the the opening before it really hits the home stretch where, where both cuts kind of go a little bit pear-shaped. I just felt that perhaps watching it this time, there was a couple of moments with Michael that were far better than I'd given him credit for, mm. number one, and a, and a little bit of menace. The theatrical cut, I hadn't really noticed the fucking scintillating guitar-driven Halloween theme that was screeching in the background and, you know, I give that a little bit of a credit. I, I don't know. I just I watched it and I thought, fuck, this is – not only did I think it was better than Halloween 5, I thought it was fucking significantly better. So I'm not sure what I was actually talking about five years ago. <laughs> well, funnily enough, you even mentioned in the initial SmackDown that you believed Halloween 5 was far superior and then when you watched the two of them, it kind of closed the gap. So you've really turned. So the first SmackDown, when I when I watched five again for that, I was like, oh yeah, shit, it's not it's not very good at all. But at the point at that point, I was still I was still a bit dirty on part six turning Michael into a henchman, yeah. essentially, and I still am. I, th- I still think that's one of its biggest issues. But Paul Rudd, I mentioned Paul Rudd was good. I actually think he's he's he does a very very good job. I kick the character a little bit. I look a little bit more favor- favorably on that now. Yeah, like I said, I think Michael was far better than I gave it credit for. The mask and everything looks fantastic. It's one of the best ones. Hmm. I believe you actually referred to Michael in part six as a fat slob yeah, well, at uh, one point. So, <laughs> so look, I can't, you know, don't be crowing too. He was carrying porch. He was carrying gut, mate. Like, yeah, but they actually they put a couple of moments in there that were that were a little bit reminiscent of the original, like a couple of moments where they're looking outside and he's standing yeah, well, there. Or um, there was a nice and, one too where the lightning flashes when Mrs. Blankenship's telling the the story, and yeah, he's in the yeah. background. He's standing at the window. Yes, and I actually liked the first one, the first kill of the nurse. Looking at that again, I was like, fuck, that one had a little more menace than I suspected. And the shot that I really love is when he kills kills the, the mother of the Strode family. Yeah. Where she looks up at him and is that shot of just him holding the hatchet yeah. and just still for a moment before he fucking swipes it down. So that sort of stuff is it works out all right. There was actually more of the cult stuff that I actually thought was okay this time around. Really? Like I didn't mind it so much when I didn't mind it so much when they were in the house. And, you know, Dr. Wynn calls the, the boy over and then you find out Mrs. Blankenship's involved and all that sort of stuff. Look, the druids and the, and the runes and everything is still quite a problem. I still don't <laughs> think that works and it, it kind of destroys it at the end, especially in the producer's cut where essentially it's, it's heavily put forward that Michael was the father of the child. Yeah. And things like that. But <coughs> I look, think... The problem with six, the bigger pro- biggest problem with six, is not actually the this. And I think I brought this up at the time when we did it the first time. Is the slasher sort of stuff is done rather deftly or reasonably well. 
under the circumstances. Yeah, some of that's pretty good. But the problem is the plot is just a fucking house of cards. You know, these ridiculous things, they're trying to tie everything together. And it, it's part of the problem yeah. with it. And, I'm, I, you know, I hesitate to kick the shit out of Daniel Franz because I appreciate what he was trying to do, but it's, it was too much. Like, he's trying to tie up every loose end and every little piece of the first five films. Yeah. It's a fucking fool's errand. Yeah, like, it is. That's, it is that's right. It's just too uh, much to do in one film that had already kind of shit the bed with five and the man in black. So yeah, I, I like you, skip it. One of the reasons I wanted to go back and look at it is because we were, both of us obviously went back and had a listen to the Halloweenies podcast from a couple of years back where they mm-hmm. ran through the Halloween series. And I really like the podcast. But I heavily disagree with some of their feelings on some of the films. Hmm. And so when they were watching Halloween 6 and a few of them were putting it up as one of their favourites in the series, I was thinking to myself, fuck, like, do they watch the same movie? Hmm. So that was kind of a catalyst for actually going to re-watch it again. And I'm not as high on, on it as they are, but like I said, bugger me if I didn't watch it and fucking half an hour in I was... Wasn't thinking shit. It's already better than Halloween Five. So what was I thinking? Yeah. And, and I, look, the Druid stuff. It doesn't. It doesn't work, as you said. I agree. I think it was a bit of a fool's errand. And the, and the Halloweenies guys seem to give it a heap of credit for trying to take that on. I'm not necessarily in that camp, but there were points of it that were far more interesting than I gave it credit for. Problem with the producer's cut. I think it goes too deep into it. Like when you're under the fucking. When you're under Smith's Grove and there's bloody people are chained to stones and there's guys that look like they're in fucking stone cutters outfits and things like that, I'm thinking, oh shit. But then the problem with the theatrical cut yeah. is it puts those people strutting around in like doctors' outfits and stuff, in nurses' scrubs and things, and it makes even less sense because it just forgets about it all. And you get into that fucking lab with. with with fucking heads in jars and and then he gets bloody gets jabbed with the ooze and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean that doesn't really work either, but they both have their they both have their uh points to like about them and as a complete package I think it's far more interesting than part. You know what, Jared? For the most part I better not talk too loud because I may change my mind again. Yeah. Give us five more years and we'll be revisiting this again. But Yeah. I think six could have worked out okay with the the thorn stuff if they just sort of ironed out some of the issues in the ending because it's fairly obvious that the theatrical cup ending was sort of whipped together after nobody was interested in the over explained producer's cut, but then it's mm. not properly s- stitched to it it's just kind of jammed on there. So it doesn't have any connective yeah. tissue and it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't So if you did iron some of that out, you could have yeah. probably got away with the previous hour. When I was looking at it, I thought to myself, would this work better if again he wasn't a henchman? If this group had put the curse on him but was essentially And the interesting thing is it it tends it seems to tie into that novelization now. Like it's it's Got the similar similar themes that it had in that fucking Halloween one novelization, that, that strange chapter that started it all. 
And I thought to myself, would it not have worked better if they had have just given him the curse and kind of watched over it but not been fucking directing things along? Yeah. I feel like there should have been a little bit more separation between the cult and Michael. Yeah. Like, not that he was fucking doing their bidding or whatever, that they'd cursed him to say, right, as they, as Dr. Wynn explains, they would curse a child in the tribe to keep all the bad shit away from everyone else. So yeah. they curse Myers and they fucking let it, let it run and go and they're keeping, a, keeping a, an eye on what's happening, but they're not necessarily fucking directing traffic. Yeah. They're just around and keeping an eye on what, what's going on. He's got the curse and they're fucking, you know, it's time to pass it on to someone else or whatever. I don't know. There's there's some ideas that I actually think are, are a little more interesting than I had given it credit for. I didn't I didn't really I wasn't really interested in engaging with it the last time I watched it seemingly. Yeah. <laughs> judging by my points of view on the on the previous uh previous discussion about it. Yeah. And look, thinking back on five you can see why it kind of sucks. <laughs> when I listened back to our initial discussion, all I could think of was there's no characters, there's nothing interesting here. You killed off yeah. Rachel for no reason but to replace her with the most annoying character you've ever had. Mm. You got and then Ma- kill that character off anyway. Yeah, like- you got Michael with this ridiculous mask that can is not even tucked in properly, wandering around in the background. You've got cops that come with fucking circus whistles and shit as they're kind of like the whole thing. It like there's not one character you could possibly know. Yeah. And then you make Jamie a mute. <laughs> yeah, it's that's right. Almost like you were trying to sabotage yourself. Oh god. Funnily enough, I also listened back to when we were ranking them and um I made the comment that I wasn't a big fan of the ending of Halloween 4. What? And again, I was sitting there going, what am I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) The ending to Halloween 4 is very good. (laughs) I don't know. I just, like, I I went back to some of the points you mentioned, and some of them I agreed entirely with you when we were talking about it, but I just felt that what they had done to Michael kind of overrode my enjoyment of any of those other things. Yeah. And I described it to you as it's got uh, more to like than Halloween 5 did, but the lows, like what it did to the character, just fucking sunk so low that I was I was just filthy for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned it has more, Halloween 6 has more atmosphere and a bit more gore, which is, you know, totally, I agree 100%. I think I agreed at the time. And, you know, we mentioned that Halloween 5 had no characters, which is completely true. You were trying to make a case at one point that Halloween 6 had, had far better characters and you brought up... The, the uh, father of the Strode family, who we've christened for years now as Captain Asshole. Um, <laughs> and uh, I did have to how laugh. Did he, I said, how did he go for you? Well, I asked you, what's his arc? And you said, well, he's a prick in the morning, and then when he gets home from work having had a few drinks, he's a bigger prick. <laughs> so, yeah, that wasn't the best argument for better characterizations. Um, yeah, yeah, true. You also said Dr. Wynn, and I said no. <laughs> but, like I said, I actually felt some of that stuff was better this time around. I still hated the kill for him, Danny, and all yeah. that sort of shit. And the, and the van, 
I mean, fuck, the van still doesn't hold up where Danny looks across the street and hears the man in black standing next to the fucking van in broad daylight. Um, as you said, I think, we, you know, they were sitting in the back there going, oh, there's a couple of people coming past. Just wait, wait, wait. Okay, jump out. Stand there, stand there. Okay, back in. Off we go. And took off in the van. Like, it seemed like a very well-coordinated plan. But, yeah, five, I think at the time I was feeling that five was more of a straight-down-the-line slasher. And even with the stupid man in black stuff, it did less to shit on the character. But looking at it now, I think five is so bad as a slasher and has such such issues with the characters, even the characters that we love. Even Loomis and Jamie, you, you look at that film and it's their low points. Yeah. So even with that, I, I think that the fucking craziness that Halloween 6 does introduce and the fact that it, it sidelines Michael a little, I think it's still far more interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting, Jared, because reading Taking Shape, the book, it just it, it just solidified that Dominic Athena Gerard was not the guy for this stuff. No. He's still rambling on about five being a quality piece of work. I'm like, have you Well that's right. Like and you have a look in the mirror. Summed mate. It up. Like self self reflect, mate. You said five came from people who didn't give a shit, and I don't think he I mean, he fucking walked in and started tossing scripts in the bin, and I think he had a lot to do with the fucking look of the house and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you're right. He cared. He cared very little for keeping any sort of continuity about what what had gone on previously. To me, he cared very little about the character of Michael Myers. Yeah, but even with Six's troubles, and the fact that it's still a bit of a mangled mess. I still feel like, you know, you summed it up fairly simply that that nobody on part five seemed to care, whereas part six at least people people cared about the characters and, and had some something about the series that they that they loved the series. Yeah. Certain people that were working on the film. So again, like I said, it's it's a bit of a mess, but I don't think it's anywhere near as low as part five. No. So it's a fair old swing for five years. So come and talk to me in another five and I'll be talking to Halloween 6 is the best one in the series. Just to sort of cover off on this, you're saying that Halloween 6 is the better film, correct? Yeah, fucking oath. Okay. Comfortably. I needed that. Yeah. I didn't want to say I told you so, but, yeah. No, look, it's the mark of a man. I can admit when I was, I was wrong and for some reason I was fucking very, very wrong. I don't know. There was a couple of times when I was listening to myself and I thought, what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, you yeah, self reflected. Dominique. I did. I self reflected. Yeah, I self reflected. I addressed things that need to be addressed. <laughs> I re watched And five. I move on. So, did you re watch five as well? No, not now, but I had re watched it pretty recently. Okay. So you have seen them both recently. I've seen them both recently, and as I said, I watched the theatrical and producers cut of part six, so I'm well acquainted with that this week. Mm. All right, well, look, now that we've got that out of the way and the fact that when we first rated the franchise, there was no Halloween 2018, it had not been released at the time, and now with you sort of dropping that bombshell, let's <laughs> reassess and rank the films from bottom to top again. Right. So, look, I'm going to start right at the bottom. We, we watched this down the coast 
few months back. I think Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, is the worst by a sizable margin. Agreed. It is a horrid, disgusting prick of a film, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I, I won't add anything more to yeah, that. Yeah, I, I just can't. I, I can't. I cannot see. Like to me, that was the lowest point of the franchise, uh, and mm-hmm. it was just. Uh, I think I might have summed it up by saying it was like wallowing in a cesspool. Yeah, and yeah. It's certainly, it's certainly the worst as far as I'm concerned. So you're, you're, you've got it down there? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I just don't like... Um, I had no time for the, you know, wandering into bloody dream territory and um, I felt the portrayal of a person dealing with trauma was just ham-fisted mm. <laughs> at best. And I don't like Rob Zombie's writing style, which I've said about a thousand times. Previously, so yeah, it's the worst one. Yeah, number ten, the the second lowest. I'm going to go with Halloween Five. Well, we might need a uh, we might need another SmackDown because you need to watch Halloween Resurrection again. <laughs> it is. Do I? It is worse. It's worse than Halloween Five. No, I my, I'll tell you what my <laughs> argument is. And, and so obviously, yeah. Resurrection is right. So I'm going resurrection, resurrection in that slot. If you got a Resurrection in ten. My thing, I've, I've got, got Resurrection, resurrection in then. 9. Yeah, Resurrection uh, on its on a good day, I might even tell you it's worse than H2, but <laughs> oh, <fuck>. today <laughs> I'll, keep it in num- I'll keep it in number 10. I'll tell you what, my problem with 5 is exactly what I said before. It was made by people who could not give two fucking shits about Halloween. And yeah. what they did to Loomis, Michael, Jamie, Rachel... Characters that we got to know, and I think one of my big problems with Five was, in the initial SmackDown, was you've just had one of the better Halloween films in Halloween 4, and you've had this character, these two characters that we got to know, then you turn one of them into a mute, and the other one you kill them within 20 minutes. I don't understand the, the thinking behind that. Yeah. And the thinking is... Dominic Athena Gerard comes in with his fucking artsy farty bullshit. I can guarantee you, he would have been strutting around the set telling everyone, "Oh no, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm an artist." You know, I could, I could. Yeah, yeah, well, he still, he still runs with that line. It's, it's crap, you know, mate. You're making a slasher of, film. Well, he mentions, you know, Frankenstein and oh. mentions all these other films and. Yeah, this is what I'm making, and all, like basically just talking about you know that the Halloween franchise isn't good enough. So I've got to elevate it to another level, and in doing that, you made one of the worst ones. Yet you yeah. still can't see that. Exactly. So that was the reason why I put five at, at number ten, Halloween five. Yeah. So so it, my my ranking at the moment is the same as the first time we ranked them. How, two and Resurrection are the two bottom ones for me. Okay. So why and that was three years ago. So. Obviously, the retconning and, and bringing Jamie Lee back for 15 minutes to kill her off was, was a very, very bad start. Mm. I've said before, I'm in the camp of make as many of these movies as, as we can. I'm not precious about having to get around things to bring a character back. We've, we've, got, we've gotten well on the way to, to, in most of these series, is that you just have to accept that if you want, a, if you want another movie. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the worst Worst example of it in in oh, 
a number of franchises that I could think of. Like, it's definitely in the big three. Mm. So yeah. there's you know, that. They already and had that in, the, into... in the pipe, though, when they did H2, H2O. Yeah, it was contractual. So, yeah, basically, I think the start of it was actually shot during H2O. Really? The the EMT some of the EMT stuff was actually shot during during the H two O shoot. So, oh, God. look, it's disappointing because H two O was such a cracking ending, probably the best one in the series, aside from the first. So I think once you get into the bloody dangertainment and the house and everything, <laughs> it's just so fucking bland and so <laughs> dangertainment. <laughs> the characters inside the house are. Probably the least memorable in the series, including Rob Zombies. I at least remember, you know, Daniel Harris and, and Scout Taylor Compton from that one. I couldn't fucking tell you who was who in that in that uh, resurrection. And uh, you know, it, it's I end up refreshing on it. I have to go back and watch it, and then fucking six months later, I can't remember who was who because they're all so fucking generic, um, forgettable, and generic. I don't think the Michael was very good. I don't think the kills were very good, and then. I've cooled a little on Buster Rhymes. I said, I believe I said he's he was the worst performance in the series. I don't know if it was the worst performance in the series. There's a couple of bad scenes, but I think at least he provides a bit of entertainment. I mean, he's fucking trying to provide a couple of laughs and things like that. But that sequence of being fucking being treated to a martial arts smackdown by Buster Rhymes on Michael Myers is not where I would imagine that I wanted the series to go. Yes. The reason why I felt I put it just slightly higher is it was it was a it was a slasher movie template. It was just a really generic one. Mm. Whereas five is God. God only knows what five is, but it's not a slasher yeah. movie. It's a fucking hodgepodge of crap whipped up in an effort to try and I don't know take Michael in a slightly different direction. I don't know what they were doing with five, but. Resurrection is a classic slasher movie structure, but it is just like you were saying. It is poorly plotted. It is the characters are just forgettable. It it is dated immediately <laughs> with all that yeah. shit where she's dealing. You know, he's watching it online, and you know the whole yep. reality TV. It's just the whole thing is just kind of like. It's it's really it's really by the numbers. Yes, but the numbers aren't is. even that good. No, that's right. So I had it at nine. Yeah, so I had five okay. there. This is my where my rankings start to shuffle because previously I had number six there. Right. So okay. I now have number five there, and really the only reason I have it above Resurrection is because it's a continuation of a storyline featuring, as you mentioned, you know, we get Jack. Jamie, we get Rachel for a little while, and we get Loomis. And even though it's probably the low point of of those characters, well, there was only two movies for two of them, and it was definitely the low point for those two characters, but that's the only reason that I I could say I would would probably rather watch Five again than than Resurrection if you gave me the choice. Let me ask you this. How much money do you reckon Jamie Lee Curtis got given just to turn up? In Resurrection. For Resurrection? Yeah. Oh, no idea. I don't think it would have been significant. I'm just wondering why you why you sign up to that. For yeah. her? Yeah. 
This is unclear to me, but I, I feel like I read somewhere, and I don't think it was in Taking Shape, but I can't remember where I read it, but I thought they said that um, for some reason it was in the contract for H2O. Yeah. So I'm she assuming... was sort of contractually obliged to come back and do it, and that was at the point where she said, I'm only coming back to, to kill it off. I'll have to go back and check that, but... If it wasn't that, if if it wasn't that she had to, then, yeah, I don't know why you would. Because, you know what, you take that one out and Laurie's got a proper kind of arc across the entire franchise. Yeah. Yeah, with the original Halloween 2 both in the same, then H2O, we were already starting to see some of those problems, and then 2018 she's turned into a fucking Rambo, you know. Yeah. And and yep. is sort of off off chops, but from what I, I recall, she wanted to kill Michael, and of course Master Faraka was like, "No, you can't do that." Yeah, and, and which I think he was, as you said, that was that was in the works from H two O. I like, think she might have done a I bit think- of horse trading to at least have the whole beheading at yeah. the end of H two O. Yeah. So I know I'm going to have to come back and get killed off because there's going to be another film, but everyone will think Michael's dead. Correct. I believe it's something like that, that they they had it in the contract, so <laughs> they, they kept the ending as it was in their minds, saying that's that's Michael dead, but knowing they might have to come back and... Yeah. And, and within about a year or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't take long. All right. Number eight. Number eight. Halloween 6. My number eight is actually Rob Zombie's Halloween. Really? Okay. Yeah. Once again, so we're probably six, we're, we're, number we're six is rocketing up the rankings. Yeah. Have you got six at the next one? Yes. Okay. So we're we're, we're switched on that. Um, the eighth position for me is Halloween six. Look, I agree with everything you said. It's actually a bit, little bit better directed than I give it a lot of credit for. Couple of performances are okay. There's a little bit more of the classic Halloween in it, um, but it is just absolutely ridiculous. The entire plot structure yeah. is just is just lunis, ludicrous. And as I said, I think it was a fool's errand to try and squeeze all that shit together. Yeah, I think it was it was too much. Again, I came back to simply after watching him again this time around. I just came back to again. What would I what would I prefer to watch if you gave me the choice of those two? Yeah. And I think adding Halloween two to the canon just made me dislike Rob Zombie's first one even more somehow. But I just despise I've just grown to really just I've got a dislike for the Rob Zombie ones. Yeah. And I just after watching part six, I don't have that. I don't feel like I just right. rampantly kind of just dislike like I did with the backstory and um, and the the characters and the dialogue and so again I, I've softened on six very clearly. Um, not I'm not saying it doesn't have problems; it still does. But trying to split them, it was simply what would I watch again? And for that reason, it would be six over over Rob Zombies. Yeah, I go the opposite direction because. I'm a bit probably a little softer on the Halloween remake because when we last watched it, yeah, I, I don't like the characters. I don't like the dialogue. 
the writing is is just in a nutshell shit. But the second half when he remakes Carpenters, mm. there is some stylish shit in there. And yeah, I agree. I think that portion makes for a reasonably entertaining Halloween film. It's just yeah, a, which is funny because we seem to be we seem to be in the minority there. So people yeah. seem to seem to like that he tried something different with the backstory, but then dislike that he essentially just went and remade the first movie in the back half of it. But I'm I'm totally the opposite. I thought his stuff that he added to the series was everything that was wrong with his. Yeah. And then when he went with the new one, his visual style, I felt like, okay, well, if you had just gone and added your touches to that, perhaps Michael being a little more brutal would have worked. But we still would have had this entity that we don't know why he's there, not this fucking child who's been mistreated by his, uh, his fucking slob of a stepfather. Yeah. Totally in agreement. And I think that, that portion that he redoes is has got some atmosphere and got some style and and it tones down a lot of his poor writing and, and you know, characterizations where people just yell at each other. It tones yeah. all that down because it's it's kind of like fitting itself into the carpenter mold. And for the most yeah. part, I kind of enjoy a bit of that. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I think a, a fair bit of that works. I just think the first half is just garbage. Yeah, same. And, you know, people can argue all they want. Oh, he's doing something new. He's doing something new. To me, you didn't, it didn't need to be remade in the first place. So... Yeah, and this is the thing. It's, we could have done okay without the whole doing, thing. Yeah, it's okay if you're doing something new, but that doesn't mean it's good. But also, and what, there was what nothing he did new about that, that characterization. That's right. Just, all he did was, was fucking generic All bullshit. he did was... And this is the thing. He's doing something new, to me, was completely misunderstanding what made the character great in the first place. Mm. And if you're going to go against that, the way he did it was so the most cliched way to do it. I couldn't, have th- I couldn't think of any more cliches that he could have stuffed in there. I don't give that credit for being – just because it's different, it's, it's, it was clumsy. It wasn't good. So just because it's different – doesn't mean that you it, that's automatically better than something that copies something else a little bit. It's the same argument for Zombies Halloween 2. I found a couple of lists where it was up, like, at number six. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, talking about? And they're all saying, well, he, t- you know, he takes, his own, takes his own path. I'm like, that doesn't, does not excuse the... Awful characters and the terrible dialogue and the over-the-top brutal violence for no fucking reason, and and a you know a morgue attendant talking about fucking a corpse. It doesn't yeah, excuse right. any of that. So no, you know the same thing applies to the front end of his Halloween remake. Is that it's just boring and it's stupid yeah. and it's cliche and to to sit there and say well that's the better part. I disagree. I think he's much more sure-footed when he's working with that template of Carpenters and he actually sort of gets some mileage out of Michael in the shadows. Yeah, that's what I felt too. I felt I felt that Michael in his series was at its best in the in the back end of that first movie. Yeah. So that's why I kind of had it at number 7. Yeah. All right, so number 6. What do you got? Okay. So previously I dropped 
Halloween four behind Halloween three. Right. I've I've flipped them around. Okay. So Halloween three is in this slot for me. I still I still really dig Halloween three a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot. But our recent rewatch of Halloween four for whatever reason rekindled a few of the, the the feelings that I had about Halloween four initially. So there was a point where Halloween four was probably my second favourite. Yeah. In the in the series, um, this was, I believe it was before H two O came out, and I'd started to acquire a few copies of VHS copies of of the movies, and I remember I had a couple of force video copies of Halloween one and Halloween four, and I used to love it. I used to rip through that thing, and I think the last time re- we rewatched it, I got a bit more of that back, and I got a bit more of the. I was more aware of the attempt to make it more like the first movie. So this is where this is where exactly the argument with Rob Zombie comes in. People say Halloween 4 just tried to copy Halloween 1, and it did in a lot of elements, and it was purposeful that it did that. It was trying to, to um, bring back elements of that first movie, but it did it with a bit of style in, in a couple of moments, and it did it with a few scares. And so I would... I, I would uh, Say that's my justification for switching them around now. So Halloween three, I still love it, but yeah, I think it's it's. I've just flipped them around for that reason. Okay, I've actually got Halloween two from nineteen eighty one mm. in this spot. I think for me, the first hour I really really like because it feels like Halloween. It's a direct progression from the first film. And it's directed in very much a similar way. But it's the back half, the back 35 minutes, that the thing kind of, the movie just sort of slips off the deep end. And and to me, I think it's Carpenter's fault. <laughs> because he's the one who came back and shot all the gore and stuff. So Yeah, I, I think he was, he did get word to do some of that though, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, well, he allegedly said that that Rosenthal's cut was as boring as batshit, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so they they ramped it up, but it's actually the back yeah, end right. that, that makes the film kind of it, it's not as enjoyable as it gets into that stuff. And yeah, Michael so I think you're right. Actually, Superman. I think because I think there was some. I think there were other people that were in in that in that camp as well. But I think you're right. Talking, you know, looking at something like Taking Shape, I think he was uh, he was the chief of, in that uh, that area of, of saying that it wasn't good enough and going back and doing it. Well, I watched the TV cut, which is, I believe, more of a um, of Rosenthal, Rosenthal's cut. And yeah, look, it is pretty boring. <laughs> it is. It, it makes a little more sense with a couple of characters, and it moves some things around. And the ending is slightly different, but it, it it's pretty boring. I think they kind of moved some things out. I think they took out the girl, you know, where he cuts the girl's throat in her house. Mm. That's the, that's not even in there. There's a few other things. I think maybe the even the um, security guard dies in a different way. So there's some things that they move around, and it's just not it's it's not as enjoyable. The f- the first one, the, the second film is a is a handy piece. And I like it when it is doing the exact same thing as the first film where he is hovering in the background. 
He's not mm. in the in. He's in the shadows. You see him briefly in the background. Uh, that stuff works. When he suddenly starts melting people's faces off and you know appearing every five seconds in the last half an hour, it just it just dilutes a lot of that. But I had that at six. What did you have at number five, Jared? Okay, so number five. I had uh, so this is where I had Halloween four. Okay. After flipping around three and four, um, so I talked a little bit more about four than I did about three. But yeah, it's like I said, I just last time we watched it, just rekindled a few of those things that I initially liked about it, and I think it did a fairly good job of bringing Michael back after that uh, one movie vacation. I had number three here. It's kind of good fun. It's goofy. It revels in its own stupidity. And Dr. Dan Chalice. Tom Atkins. You love him. Oh, you love a bit of Dan Chalice? <laughs> Drunken, fucking womanizing scumbag <laughs> who it comes off as likable. <laughs> yep. And to me, you can't beat that. Atkins, you know, yeah. he delivers in that role. Yep. And obviously, I've got a big appreciation for the Conal Cochran's Dead Dwarf uh, gags and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the, the true classics. <laughs> but yeah, look, it's a fun little romp. It's as silly yeah. as a wheel. It makes no sense. I mean, fuck me dead. There's there's robots, witches, and Stonehenge involved. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, we're sprinkling. I can't remember, wasn't it? We're sprinkling bits of Stonehenge in each fucking mask or something. I know, it's ridiculous. (laughs) And I think when we spoke about this film, as you pointed out, what's the end game? Are we killing every kid in the world? Because I can tell you, 30% of them might be trick-or-treating and wearing those masks. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. So really, what are you actually getting out of this? Yeah, that's right. Not to right. mention that all these people in your crew were children once. Yeah. <laughs> so you're killing the next generation of your crew. Although they're now of robots. Your... <laughs> yeah, they're all robots. That's <laughs> right. So like, don't worry about that. I still don't understand it. <laughs> but yeah. I appreciate its kind of ludicrousness and that it kind of yeah. embraces it. There was a few exciting moments, a few tense tense moments in there to, to enjoy. Yeah. So number four for you. So number four, I've got Halloween two here. Okay. Um, I was close to flipping two and four as well. To be honest, I thought there's times when I've watched Halloween two and haven't really enjoyed it all that much. But I think in the end. It does a very good job of, of trying to recapture. I mean, it, it's the one that copies the most from the from part one. It has its downsides in that it introduces the sister angle, which for some movies works really well. For others, kind of saddled it with its with its own problems. And it also is the one that introduced the gore and and took it away from where it was in that first movie anyway. I also don't think it's anywhere near as, as exciting all the way through. I think it has more peaks and troughs than the first one. So I'm nowhere near as high on it as, as, as some people are. So, yeah, I've, I've snuck it in that position. It's also peak. It's peak Pleasance. Yeah. It's his best performance it- in the role, I think. 
Yeah, he actually has a couple of really... There's some lines in there and some scenes that he delivers where it's equal to or better than the first one. Yeah. So he is at the peak of his game at that in that one. Yeah. And but I again, really appreciate just, that. It, just like I was saying, that kind of dips in and out a bit more than it does in the first one. Yeah. I don't think it's, he's as consistent across the board. But, yeah, he has some really cracking moments in there that, that don't sort of get mentioned as much. Yeah. I had Halloween 4. Mm-hmm. I just think when we rewatched it, and this is the great thing about about Blu-ray and, and the aspect ratios now of these DVDs and everything like that, is you can pick out some of the moments that you never even saw previously. Yes. The one that I keep coming back to is the one where the She's talking, Rachel's talking to the, the deputy in the rocking chair. And hmm. just in the background, for a fleeting glimpse, she sees masks kind of appear and then disappear. Yeah. And I had never even seen that prior. Previous copies were not good enough, or the aspect ratio wasn't right, so you couldn't actually see it. Yeah. And just getting those little moments in there, showing that they were, they were pushing for more of the original. I remember watching it on my old Force Video VCR. It was like yeah. watching it through a waterfall or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like you just you barely and, you see know, anything. At you you see it in a heap of movies now, you know, where you suddenly notice something that's like, well, I didn't even know that was in there. So yeah. looking back on it, I think apart from seeing Michael <laughs> with white hair and a pink face, <laughs> the rest of it is pretty tightly done. You yeah. know, it's a tight package of about 85 minutes. It's not that long. Uh, and they get a good, they get, you know, they kind of wring everything they can out of it. Oh, and apart from the death of Ted Hollister, which was <laughs> fucking, you know, unnecessary. Love it. Classic stuff. <laughs> but, you know, from my perspective, and I still think the ending hits, hits, still hits. Yeah, the ending is very good. Yeah, it's a ripper. So the thing for me was that I think the reason I said I didn't like the ending initially was. Um, and I still feel this a little bit, is I think in Halloween 4, I think you could already see that if it made money, that Jamie was going to be one to bring back. Yeah. And so the ending made it difficult but to do that. Like I was arguing with Halloween 6, though, they just made that a little blip on the radar and Jamie was back to normal, just minus her ability to speak. So Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's yeah. It's, uh, I think I can appreciate it now just as a one-off piece whether they brought the character back or not, that it works for that particular movie and it's a real nice way to, in their own way, to kind of bookend Halloween 1 to 4. See, I could have, I would have really loved a Halloween 5 that perhaps had Jamie and, and Rachel as the key characters again. And again, yeah. you, could have actually, you could have actually dug into trauma in that way how a young yeah. child is affected by this yeah um, i think um it was always going to be too that that the akads and whoever else were involved they weren't going to make jamie the killer no. whatever the ending did and whatever whoever wrote that ending they were never going to go through with making her the killer because they'd already taken michael out once and didn't like the results yeah so I would have been happy to to sweep that under the carpet and say that she she'd lost her mind briefly 
and she'd hurt her mum but not killed her. And now she was, you know, getting therapy and those two were back as the key components of a new story where Michael returns. Um, Mm. I think that could have been... In fact, fans would have dug that, I think, to see those two again. Yeah. You hand the reins to some fuckwit who knows, who wants nothing to do with A, making good films and B, caring one iota about the Halloween franchise. So... Yes. In a like, but again, in a way, I kind of blame the cards because they couldn't rest. Yeah, they couldn't take any time. Yeah, but look, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have this many films to read sure. and talk about look, endlessly. See, they're, they're, but they're a double-edged sword, mate. I, I I love the fact that they exist and are part of the franchise because they have actually shepherded it, and we continue yeah. to get films. I mean. But just we're, a little bit more, still maybe take a little bit more, t- little bit more time between movies might have been a better approach for Mustafa. I get the feeling that Malik's uh, not quite the same. He he's taken some more time. You know. Yeah, I think so. There's been time, and there has been some you know effort to make changes and possibly try something different. I think the, the double-edged sword to the um, to Mustafa was it was a money it was a cash grab. That was their meal yeah. ticket. Oh, of course. Michael Myers was their moneymaker, so you had to have him on screen every couple of years. Yeah, that's right. No matter how shit the film was. Hmm. So it's an interesting one in that respect. Uh, number three. What do you got? All right, so this is where I put uh, 2018. 2018. Yeah, okay. so I think I think I um I think when we watched it and reviewed it, I said it's it's clearly the the second best in the series. Mm. I may be mistaken there, but I've got to stop saying things like and and putting words like clearly and absolutely and exactly. these sort of things in front you, of it because I changed my you mind. Stepped on your I just need, once too often. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to be a little more reserved. I think I did actually say that might change when we watch it, you know, when we watch it again. I think watching it again, I still really like it. Obviously, I've put it third on my list. Here's here's one where I feel like doing something different did have its benefits. Like Judy Greer's character, for example, Mm. doing something a little different like that with the family angle. It's hard not to compare it to some others. And I, I, I think some of the some of the frustration seems to be that people don't like that it 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 did away with all this other stuff, but then seemed to copy a lot of it from other movies. Yeah, but I don't feel like that watching it. And I, I know again referencing the Halloweenies just because I was I was listening to them very recently again. They seem to be fuming at at it for. Seemingly, just they seem to be fuming at the filmmakers for seemingly disrespecting the other films in the series by saying we're not gonna we're not gonna keep that as canon. Um, and then they said, "Oh, but you didn't do much much better, and you you stole all this stuff." And if you're going with that approach, then you'd want to be better. You'd really better do a, a good job of this and not do worse than the films that you're disrespecting. But they I, were I've got, better. I, but this is the thing. I don't think they were disrespecting. I think they were just saying, 
it's easier to tell our story. Like you said, it was a fool's errand for Daniel Farrens to try and to try and explain everything that they'd put together into Halloween Six. So how can you do that for Halloween Two Eighteen when we've already had two remakes? So I don't think they were ever disrespecting the other movies. I think they had shown a, a great reverence for the other movies, and I think in fact they did that by saying it's easier to tell our story from part two. But all these little nods that you can see to other movies or characters that you feel like are from other movies, I think they're intentional. Yeah. And I think in the end, yeah, there was some there was some mixed things in there. There was there was a couple of storylines that were I mean, let's not talk about Dr. Sartain, oh, but there, there, there was storylines like with the the podcasters that had some really silly elements that that went possibly went nowhere in to some extent. But I really enjoyed seeing Laurie again. I really enjoyed them saying, okay, well, our story is that she's not related. So we're going to take that from a different way. And I feel like the performances were really good. The kills were pretty great, yeah. a couple of them. And overall, I, had, I was just buzzing when I was watching it in the cinemas. And watching it again at home with a bit of distance, I still really enjoyed it. And I, I, I just don't have this I don't have this ill feeling towards it for disrespecting the franchise. I don't feel like it ever did that. No. I think it just said there's no way we can try to make a, a story that follows everything else that's already happened and a remake and whatever. So we're gonna make our story, we're gonna for for ease of, of telling the story, we're gonna go from part one but we're gonna nod to all these other films because we love the series. Yeah. And look, at the end of the and day And I reckon I think Halloween Kills is where they're going to. It's a bit like Zombie. I said H two was really where Zombie made made Rob Zombie's Halloween for yeah. better or worse, much yeah, worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I feel like Halloween Kills is where we're really going to see these guys unleashed. I think they've done their little their little homage to the rest of the series, and I think they did it fairly well. And I reckon Halloween Kills is where they're really going to unleash, and that's going to be where we remember them as being a really good addition to the franchise or possibly not so good. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that they took an, a, a route. I had the I had 2018 at number two. I think they took a route to reintroduce Michael Myers. See, the problem was the zombie stuff, had, it could not connect to any of that because it was a remake, right? Correct. So you had to reintroduce Michael Myers. Okay, it had been yeah. almost eight years, had it not? 2010 was H2. Mm-hmm. So it had been eight years. So you're reintroducing Michael Myers, you're reintroducing Laurie Strode, you're telling a story of those two. Yes, you're cherry-picking. No doubt they're cherry-picking from other films. But in my mind, yeah. they did it well. And all I care yeah, about I think they the did it well enough. is... I don't care if it's a generic story that we've seen before. If it's directed mm. and acted well and it's shot well, then I'm with it. Yeah. And, and I felt Michael was, was quite good as yeah. well. The, the but James also Jim it Gordon had enough did a really of a good difference, job. Jared. The whole trauma yeah. angle, the whole Me Too type of addition, Laurie's hermit-like existence and turned into like an, she became sort of Loomis. The yeah, crazed. and the, the you know the the podcasters trying to sympathise with Michael and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was pretty it was pretty surface level stuff, but it but was it was 
It was enough. A different way to approach things. And I'm with you. I think Halloween Kills is where we're going to see, good or bad, what yeah. they intended. This is just... And I th- 2018 was a nice way to get us back into Halloween. Yeah, and I think... I don't think... I mean, all you've got to do to look at the reverence they have for the series is the fact that they... I believe they wanted Paul Rudd back for, for Tommy Doyle in Halloween Kills. Mm. But it was scheduling. That, that didn't work out, scheduling. I'm sure that's what it was, Paul. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's sitting there going, yeah, it's scheduling. I'm not available. Yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul you know took what? the call and said, is it, it. He, he took the call and said, is it Marvel money? <laughs> they said, What's the oh, money here? No. Oh, no. Yeah. That's nah, blummy. No, I money. think he would have done it too. I think he would have done it too because he's never, he's never come out and shout on the series. I don't, he's never sort of gone yeah, out of his way to – Praise it or anything like that, but he's he's never shat on it, and he's I believe he's quite thankful for the fact that it was his his fucking first gig. But I mean, if you if you if they were really trying to disrespect the series, would they go back to like disrespecting the series? Is what Dominique Athena Gerard did, just looked at it and said, "No, this isn't what I do. I do this." Yeah, I think these guys were completely completely the opposite. I feel like they said all the right things. I don't think they ever. I don't think they ever went out of their way to disrespect anybody's movie, but I just don't think it was feasible to try and follow up everything else. No. And, and try to reconnect the, the, the canon. No, it was I wasn't. mean, within those movies, they were fucking already branching off to different, different fucking continuities. So I don't blame them for just saying, look, it's, it's fucking muddled. So yeah. we really want to do a Halloween movie, but this is how we would do it. Well, the way um, I said it I, was I just their- felt like they, they did respect what came before them. But it was their pitch was to say that Michael was arrested in 78. So we're going in a different direction. We don't dislike yeah. these other films. We just, we're trying to establish another timeline, and that the timeline starts yeah. after the 78 original. I think their intention was the easiest way to try and recapture what was in the original is just to go straight after that. Yes. And, yeah, you use the word ignoring what came after, yes, but I don't think that means just flat out disrespecting it and saying it was they, they were all pieces of shit. I don't think they ever did that, and I think the nods that you see in this movie and the, the, the things that they use, like I said, I think they were intentional. I don't think they, they yeah. went out of their way to to just, like, the, the way that it's been framed, that they just disrespected everything that before it and then copied it and didn't do as good a job. I just don't think that's that's true. I think they did quite a good job with it. I really enjoyed it, and I felt like they were the type of people that we wanted making these movies that did have a reverence for other entries in the series, whether they could follow on from them or not. Totally agree. And I'm I'm with you in saying that they they also didn't get it all right. And I'm not in no. any way, shape or form, saying that they, they hit it out of the ballpark because they didn't. The Dr. Sartain stuff was fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. I would have rethought that on the page. I would have just been going, look, this isn't, this is not a good idea. But there's a lot of things that... Come up with another way um, to get Michael out to Laurie's place. Yeah, yeah, it's not that's hard. right. You know, like, yep. that whole thing about him was just ludicrous. And almost derailed the picture. Like, I'm, I'm being honest. I remember when it happened in the cinema, I was watching, I thought, oh, fuck, what have we done here? Yeah, yeah same. That was the moment where I was like, oh, no. And then, if this is where we're going for the rest kind of, of the movie. Jettisoned it. 
Well, that's right. When they killed him, I thought, phew, shit, you, <laughs> you, we're back on track. We'll just forget about that and, and see where we go at the end. Yeah. Quite funny to think about that. They really could have fucking butchered it if they had taken that through to the final of the movie, if they oh, had yeah, carried Dr. Sartain right through to the end. Oh, God. That could have been real disaster. But, yeah, look, I had, yeah. I'm had. i assuming you had H2O at number two. Yeah, I did. That that hasn't changed for me. I just think it's it's always hard to get away from your attachments at certain points in your life to to the movies like you've mentioned with Halloween 4. Halloween H2O is probably my Halloween 4. Like it was the one that came out when I was in sort of, you know, the final couple of years of high school when my sort of horror fandom was ramping up. I think I've said before I had a I had a friggin' uh, binder of, of my schoolwork that had Michael Myers on the front amongst, you know, I know what you did last summer and Ghostface yeah. and all this sort of shit. And I just I just really love it. I think it is even trying to take out that that those feelings for it, I think it does one of the better jobs in the series of putting these these slasher elements together. I think it's got some of the more likable characters. Uh, we've mentioned before the cast is probably one of the strongest start to finish of all of them. And to be quite honest, I think putting this side by side with 2018 with the Survivor and 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 Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, you know Laurie's Laurie's ways of dealing with what happened. I think I still come out just slightly ahead on H2O about the way she comes out in that movie. Obviously, it was heavily influenced by Scream, and you've got Kevin Williamson in there, you know, with a bit of a hand in it. Obviously, things changed from his his first draft, but he was involved in some polishes and and producing and whatnot. So. To me, that wasn't such a bad thing because that, that was at the peak of my fandom for those movies and, and so I was loving loving what that was. But I think going back to it, I think it still holds up pretty well. I think the ending, like I said, is uh, taking the first one out of the equation. The ending is the best in the series. I just think there's a hell of a lot to like about it and I still really enjoy it whenever I go back to it. Yeah, I had it at number three, but I would agree. I actually think they balanced the scream type elements with a reverence to the Halloween canon and the Halloween, sorry, the Halloween mythology and do a pretty good job of almost making a little bit of a Frankenstein's monster out of the two types. You know, the self-referential 90s slasher and the quieter, you know, spooky 70s and 80s Michael Myers. You know, so I think they do a really good job of kind of juggling that. I personally prefer Laurie in 2018. I think I like that. I like that kind of just destroyed character who's now fucking crazed gun nut. You know, I think that mm. that 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 sums up Laurie Strode for me after going through so much shit in the first two movies. I think yeah, that's yep. where I'd be. I'd be fucking gun nut holed up in my own house too if I'd been attacked by a serial killer. But yeah, I like what they do with H2O in a sense of she's a, she's an alcoholic, essentially. Yeah, and there's different, you know, I, I really like the angle of her overprotectiveness of her child. Yeah. Because of what she's been through. 
like I said, I actually really appreciate the two different ways they went about it with 2018 because it addressed similar things, it, you know, the mm. relationship with a family. I almost feel like in some ways you can look at them almost together, like like that's where Laurie was 20 years after and then this is where she is 40 years after. Like they kind of still sort, sort of go together in some ways even though they're, they're completely different continuities. I, yeah. I also kind of... I feel like after reading about it in Taking Shape, the angle where they were going to have Jamie involved still, that it was going to mm. connect to five and six and she was going to find out that Jamie was dead, that could have been really interesting. That that, that was a catalyst. You know, she was already having issues with alcohol or whatever, but then she finds out about that. I believe they had it in like a format where someone did a bloody School presentation on the Haddonfield yeah. murders or something like that and she found out then. That would have been really interesting. I wouldn't mind reading that script. Uh, but yeah, that's the Kevin Williams. Like script. I said, it's yeah, I it's it's pretty close. I feel like it's pretty close to, to 2018 H2O. There's things I I like and dislike about both of them. Mainly H2O, I dislike the fucking the mask situation. Because <laughs> I mean that there's one mask in there that is a fairly reasonable facsimile and and is, is a pretty decent mask. And then there's the other one that is just a fucking travesty. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. It's really odd-shaped eyes, and it's kind of got this wraparound sort of look to it. And then there's the CGI. Uh, so, yeah, there's yeah, the CGI. Fuck, that was, oh, that was a bad idea. It's it's Yeah, there's things I like and dislike about both of them, but I think those nostalgic feelings probably nudge H2O just, just ahead of it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I went the other way. I just felt 2018 worked. Better for me. H2O is good. It's another one that's a tight 80 odd minutes. It doesn't sort of, it's pretty lean. It doesn't have a lot of fat. Uh, and I do like the characters. I think they do a really good job. And you know, a lot of people sort of, um, sort of can take him or leave him. But I actually think LL Cool J is really good. And yeah, thinking like about what, like what was then put in, in with poor old Buster Rhymes in yeah. the next film, I'm like, LL Cool J is, you know, far better. In this role, he actually—he's actually acting and doing a decent job of it, as opposed mm. to trying to be like a like Buster was turned into like a hero type of thing, yeah. and that didn't work. Adam Arkin, Adam yeah, Arkin, he's also good. one of the best best supporting uh, characters in the series, I think. Yeah, so they do some really good things there. Unfortunately, Michael's one of the lesser Michaels for me. He's kind of tall and lanky. He doesn't really have much menace. Well, he's got some good moments that I think possibly would have been even better with a with a better Michael, perhaps. Yeah, but overall, I think H two O is a, is a real good watch. Yeah, and of course, number one, seventy eight. I mean, I'd, yeah, no, I don't think it really says it doesn't need to be said. I don't no. think anything in the series in the franchise will possibly ever come close to it. No, I think I we've think. said it. Probably numerous times over numerous podcasts. Yeah, I mean they always talk it up. They talked up 2018 and saying you know it's as close as you can get to the first one, and it wasn't really. They're talking no, up Halloween no. Kills in the same way. Look, the first one is a one of a kind. Yeah, and I think people you're never going to catch that again. Yeah, it was it was lightning in a bottle for you know a couple of young filmmakers. 
a couple of over a couple of weeks with a couple of hundred grand and make this movie that's just you know still today one of the best sort of suspense slasher movies there is, or if not mm. the best, hard to top. And the franchise can continue on forever. I don't think they will ever top it. Yep. All right. Going to be difficult. So let's just quickly bat- run back through. I had Halloween 78 at number one, Halloween 28 at number two, H2O at three, Halloween 4 at number four, Halloween 3 at number five, Halloween 2 from 1981, number six, Halloween 2007, Christ, at number seven. <laughs> Halloween 6 at 8, Halloween Resurrection at 9, Halloween 5 at 10, and Halloween 2 from 2010 at number 11. Yeah, so I had obviously uh, number 1 was Halloween, number 2 was Halloween H2O, number 3 was where I had 2018, Yeah. number 4 I had the original Halloween 2, number 5 I had Halloween 4. Number six, I had Halloween three. Number seven, I think I'm getting this right. This is where number six rocketed all the way up to the curse of Michael Myers was at number seven. Number eight was Rob Zombies. Yeah. Number nine was Halloween five. Number ten was Halloween Resurrection. And number eleven was Halloween, Halloween. Rob Zombies Halloween two. Phew. Yes. Well, look, that's that's a, that's a, another quick look back and a revisit on the Halloween franchise. Obviously, I'm I'm uh, pretty fucking chuffed that you've turned your turned your, you've, you've turned around <laughs> to my thinking on Halloween Six. Listen, we can we can go back and we can go back and mine some more material. I mean, we can go back and see if you want to defend your comments that Steven Seagal could deliver a performance and things like that, an acting <laughs> performance. So. Well, we know I failed. But you to, can you, you can <laughs> have this. I'll give you this win. I'll give you this win. <laughs> All right. Well, look, that's um, that's the franchise um, and and a revisit of um, the SmackDown. Keep an eye on our Facebook page for what we're doing in the next few episodes. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or contact us at Thrill Me or one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.